You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, geek boys and girls. Welcome back to Geek Legacy's Escape Pod. Where we rewatch Star Trek The Next Generation and we discuss how terrible or how wonderful it is, episode by episode. Does it live up to our expectations and our memories of watching it as, as children in the 80s and 90s? Or uh, is it just poorly dated and uh, just trash by today's comparisons? So, <laughs> Rubbish! Trash. Rubbish! <laughs> I learned a new word recently. Musur. That's trash in Russian. Oh, shit. Yes. So... Uh, some may also say basura, um, but we, yeah, we discuss a lot of trash in this podcast. Uh, and that is, uh, seemingly the, uh, the first season of Star Trek, the next generation, uh, yeah, we take a, a real Tasha Yar all over this season. <laughs> and, and by that one could say a steaming deuce. Um, Yikes. yeah, but before we get ahead of ourselves, let me introduce you guys. Uh, first of all, I am, I am your, your, your sometimes host always, uh, you know, Losing control of the show, but that's all right. Uh, I'm Randy Van Dyke. With me are my my two greatest trash talking co-hosts and best friends a guy could ask for. Uh, one, Mr. David Edmondson. How are you doing, Dave? I get to go first. I'm so excited. You too. I, I got you off guard today. I, I, you just paying back the favor from the first time we tried to record the opening. <laughs> <laughs> I am fantastic. How are you, Randy? I, I am so great. I'm, I'm super happy. I've been looking forward to this episode all season, and I've been looking forward to talking to you gents about it. Mr. Justin Cavender, how are you doing? I am fabulous, Randy. Thank you so much. Let's not bury the lead. Fucking Tasha Yard dies in this episode. Um, this is episode number 20. <laughs> is she going to be okay? <laughs> Skin of evil. You know, it's funny because they totally beam not. up her dead body like... <laughs> She gonna be all right? Everyone's yeah. looking around like, is that a real question? <laughs> and it didn't. It didn't glow either. The pad wasn't glowing for her. I don't know if you noticed that, but I did not. The, yeah. So the all the people that were alive, the people in the in the I'm alive and well club, they had a little orb below them as they were being beamed. Whereas she just showed up, <laughs> sad and lame. Fun club. The well, she was on the <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at that because when they beam up uh, Riker and he's like covered in the black tar, it's like yeah. I wonder if the little pad lit up for him or if he's just so covered in sludge. Everything um, lights up for Riker. Yeah, so so this episode, episode number 22, uh, was called Skin of Evil. Uh, it originally aired April 25th, 1988. And let me read you guys the little blurb for the episode, even though I totally already gave it away for you guys. But... Counselor Troy is held captive on a deserted planet by a slick, black, oily, sentient, and immortal puddle of evil. Uh, it's rated on IMDb at 6.8 stars, which, um, you know, is, is kind of middle of the road for this season. Maybe a little bit on the higher side. Um, but, I mean, I think we're all going to rate it a little bit higher than that for for various reasons. Uh not the least of which being we aren't the biggest Tasha Yar fans on this show. 
and she totally dies unceremoniously. Like there's like there's like no like like swelling music like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, that. like she literally walks up to it and he basically like virtually bitch slaps her and she dies. And right. yeah. that's it. So we talked about that last week, like how you know we were trying to remember how it was that she died. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he just gets I thought she got grabbed and thrown, but it's not even that. It's it's literally this this force that just knocks her back. Yes, yeah, I, I was I was remembering it as how what happened to Riker is how she died. And I, I, I thought yeah. I remember her like covered in like tar and stuff like that. But Me too. I, that's totally the mental image I had. Yeah, so I was <laughs> I was incorrect. Yeah, I, I remember her being thrown. Uh, I thought that he grabbed her and threw her, but no. Yeah, she was just force force pushed. Yeah, the show cares for Tashiar as much as we care for Tashiar, which is <laughs> yeah. not at all. They're like just just knock yourself back. <laughs> They even give her like the, like the trope from like the old war movies, like like when I get back, Worf, I'm gonna win that tournament for you. Right, right. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like they had a little flirtatious thing going on. She and Worf, like it was a really awkward close up, like closer than they usually go for Star Trek. And um, there was this like flirty dialogue back and forth. And I I really thought that you know if she'd survived another day, they may have got down. Yeah. But. Uh, Alas, that was not meant to be. That was to give us a little bit more to tug at our heartstrings when she when she did go. Yeah, I felt no tugging. <laughs> I felt I, nothing. I, I, like, I, I like that when she when she dies and he's like uh, he's like okay, Worf, you're in charge of security now. He's like, I need you to beam down to the plane. He's like, I think I can do more from up here, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was acting, promoted to acting security, yeah. uh, head of security, and he's so like, I'm more good to you here, sir. Yeah, that was an interesting my best choice. And Rehab Picard is like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> my favorite part of the whole episode is, you know, at the very end when Picard's just like going to leave this thing to die on its own at the first, like, only thing would have made him more perfect is if he like gave him like the double middle fingers as he was like beaming away. He's like, he's like you're never going to off this planet. It's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. So uh, the director of this episode was Joseph L. Scanlon, and uh, it looks like he's done one episode previously on this season, um, and that was episode 11, The Big Goodbye, which was the um, Sam Spade noir detective holodeck episode. Um, this one definitely had a different feel to it. Uh, the bit that we saw in the in the holodeck in this episode was considerably different, I'll tell you that. Um and it looks like the uh, the teleplay was by Hannah Louise Shearer, who also wrote uh, episode 16, When the Bow Breaks. And that one was about uh, taking all the Enterprise's children's. And um, again, that didn't really have a similar feel to this episode. Um, but yeah, we had pretty much a, a veteran crew behind the, behind the camera making this thing. And both of those episodes were yays, by the way. That, that's good to point out. Uh, and thank you for doing that. They weren't, neither of them were unanimous yays, we'll point out. <clears throat> so both of them had a lone wolf on the nay category. Um, it was me. On one of them, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this one, this is the one that I think we all remembered from our first viewings of, of this series. And even early on, like, I think like within the first five episodes, we're like, when does fucking Yard die? Like, we all knew it was coming. <laughs> it's like hot tub time machine. Yeah. When does fucking George McFly? I thought it was episode like nine. Yeah. Like if you had put a gun in my head, like we, before we watched yeah. it, I said, I think like eight or nine, like maybe halfway through the season at most kind of thing. And here we are only a few episodes from the end and it finally happened. 
Um, and it made every episode that we've watched up to this point feel like we're vindicated for making it through. You know, it's like we climbed that mountain, we planted our our flag on top, and now we can bask in the glory of a bridge without Tasha Yar. I know that sounds really callous, but um, yeah, yeah like it. I said, we're just we're just not we're not we're not fans. <laughs> we're not <laughs> big fans of hers. So I wonder if if Doctor Pulaski is going to be our Tasha Yar next season. Because, you know, we get the new Doctor in season two. And I can't stand that character. I like I like Tasha Yar more than I like Diana. Uh, or I'm not Diana Mulder. That's her real name. But uh, Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> the, the, the woman that plays the character is fine. The character I can't stand. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember actively disliking her. I just remember that I didn't like her as much as Dr. Crusher. Mm-hmm. Um uh, they don't kill her, do they? I don't remember. No, 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 no. Okay. I was going to say, are we going to have to wait and watch and, and find out? Yeah, I don't think, I don't, uh, no, I don't think she dies. It's like one of like, yeah. just like the like 90 like chief engineers they've had this season. <laughs> Sometimes right. they just disappear. Dude, what was with the the engineer that they had this episode? It was something T something. He like put his middle initial every time he re- he was referenced by name. You guys picked that pick up on. I don't that, think like, I remember that. No, he was trying his best to be like William T. Kirk, Leland T. Lynch. Was I'm sorry, name? he was trying to be like who? James T. Kirk. <laughs> okay, better. What did I say? William. What T. did Kirk? I say? <laughs> oh. Oops. <It's> William. <laughs> yeah. William T. Shatner. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Leland T. Lynch. He was the. Uh, he was the head of engineering with the, the dilithium crystals, which looked more like those Himalayan salt lamps, the big pink salt lamps. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or just like a big old giant piece of quartz or something like that. It was not extraterrestrial looking in the slightest. Uh, it wasn't a beryllium sphere or anything cool. like that. <laughs> Computer. Is there another beryllium <laughs> sphere on board? But uh, yeah, that, that guy got on my nerves. So I'll be glad when we don't have to ever see him as the uh, chief engineer again. But of course, now. this episode wasn't about him. <laughs> it was about it was about what's his name, oh, the black oily sludge. Yeah, Armus. Yeah, who was voiced by a different guy than the one that portrayed him in bodily form, as I am seeing here on Wikipedia. Oh, really? Uh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, a guy named Mark McChesney uh, played the body that actually was covered in the slime. <laughs> the tar body. The tar body. <laughs> And then <laughs> he just stands there like yeah, so like, boring. They, he doesn't even they, cross his arms or anything. <laughs> I don't even think he moves. I, th- I thought it was probably just like a mannequin on a, like a hydraulic lift or something like that. So like, oh, boring. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. Um, I guess he. You know what he does do? He does lift Riker and throw Riker out of the sludge at one point. Oh, that's true. So that's like the most movement you see out of the 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 body form of. Armus. Then a guy named Ron Gans was the voice of Armus, and I could swear I've, I I I heard that guy's voice somewhere before. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a he's a voice actor. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna say he just uh, maybe haunted my dreams. Oh yeah, this, this episode uh, just solidified that Picard wants to go on away missions. This is only the second time in the whole series where Riker's been uh, incapacitated, and both times he instantly went down to the planet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting there talking to my TV like a crazy person going, what are you doing? It's already killed one of your crew members and swallowed another one. Why are you going down? You know, it's just like so ridiculous. Picard, you are smarter than this. You are better than this. He likes away missions. <laughs> He does. He does. It's, it's he doesn't clear. want to be taken out of the action. He wants to feel like he's part of it. He's had two and chances, he, and they took them both. 
<laughs> and you know what? Both times he talks his way out of the shit too. Like he sits down and talks with a tar monster and like just outsmarts him. Yeah. Maybe he should That's go on more missions. Epic, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe let Riker watch the bridge and you can take care of shit down there on the ground. Who knew Riker was the problem? It's like the um, the IT guy in Senate Live where he's just like, move so he yeah. can fix the problem. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. So, I thought it was kind of cool that there was a callback to an early, early episode. Um, I don't remember the, what name she calls him, but uh, Deanna Troy has like this this pet name for Riker. Um, starts with like a J or an I or something. Like, I fuck. I, I it's going to bother me that I don't remember what it is. J Dog. We'll call it J Dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when she when she senses him out there getting like swallowed by the thing, you can see her reacting like ah oh, J Dog, you know. Um, Fuck, I don't remember what it is. Sounds ridiculous. <laughs> it's forever now, J Dog. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool callback. I I really appreciated that because that was ever since when she, the like there was that arranged marriage and he was sulking on the holodeck and and he go, she goes to talk to him and she refers to him as this cute little pet name kind of thing. Uh, that was the very first time that we heard it, and then we heard it called back to this time. So that that really kind of solidified the bond that she felt with you know especially Riker but everybody that was outside trying to help her outside the crashed shuttle there um man so another thing that I really noticed about this um and and I've noticed it in a few episodes but I found it to be really inconsistent in this first season the music like sometimes you get really kind of cool Star Trek-y sounding music and every once in a while you just get like what sounds like really cheap low budget sci-fi movie a uh, single guy with a keyboard kind of music. Yeah. Um, Insert maybe, ominous tones now. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and that's it's like, it's like, like really bad 80s uh, horror movie kind of music. Like, like uh -huh. B horror high, movie music. Yeah, the high pitch. That's yeah. what I felt like a lot of this one was. It felt like a horror movie a lot of the way through. And I'm watching this. <laughs> My wife is sitting there watching it with me. And, and we're sitting there watching this going, this is some weird, scary shit for Star Trek. And I'm like, this episode fucked me up as a kid. I was like 10 or 11. Shit. Yeah, I, I was like 10 or 11 when this thing came out. You know, I had just bought the action figures. You know, I just found Atashi R. Like a week later, they fucking kill her, you know. And and I don't know what to expect. Now everybody's on the menu. Like who? everybody's expendable as far as I'm concerned. Once they kill off the first main character to a kid, watching a show where you never see any of the main characters ever get killed off. It's like, holy shit. And it's just spooky. You know, you see another one of your favorite characters. I've always loved Riker. You see him getting swallowed up by the fucking ooze. That, this was, this was a traumatic episode. And this is the, my, this was my first time seeing it as an adult. So it, it brought back some shit, man. Um, does anybody, did anybody do any research as to why, her character was killed off. Is there like on like drama to yeah, that? There was, like there was there was onset drama. I, I want to say she posed for Playboy. Yeah. See, the the rumor that I always heard growing up was she posed for Playboy and uh, Star Trek, um, or probably Gene Roddenberry specifically. But anyway, the people at Paramount didn't take too kindly to it because Star Trek is supposed to be such a utopian, idealistic. You know, nobody poses for in, nude for money at Star Trek. Um, so. It's just one of those things where uh, she made decisions offset that didn't follow, didn't go in line with what the company believed. So therefore, she was let go. But she was brought yeah. back several times later on. Like, 
Um, her DNA was at some point spliced with a fucking Romulan, and you see Tashiar as a, as a half Romulan, half human, I think, in one episode. Um, I know there's other episodes like with Mirror or alternate universes or alternate timelines where you see her, um, you know, uh, whether she's on the Enterprise or another ship, I don't remember, but you see her later, and you can tell it's not like a flashback because she's wearing the updated Starfleet uniforms with the tall collars and everything. Um, so yeah. she she comes back for for various different cameos, but she never she never comes back comes back. And and she okay. she was very vocal saying she she left the show because she wasn't happy with where her character was going that she didn't really have anything to do in the show, which is not untrue. Right. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was as you were discussing, I was trying to find something, and I saw that she had said that, um, you know, she was unhappy with the development of her character and asked to be taken out of her contract. It's interesting. I wonder what the yeah. truth is. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of those things where maybe maybe we'll never know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they diminished her character's role because of Playboy, and they're like, well, if you're going to do this, we're going to diminish your role, and then it was her decision to leave. Maybe, maybe the truth is kind of both. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, and, and we've all said it, we've all noticed it, that her scenes or her episodes, anything that has any kind of big arc with her in it are just generally weaker than, than the others. And we've noticed it. So, and it's just a matter of growing pains. It's the first season. You're still trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Right. That seems kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I I would give it, I mean, more time. I mean, there's so many characters. I mean, we have only, there was the one episode where Jordy really got to, to take charge. Right. He's he's a, a supporting character, and he's only had one episode where he was able to really be important. You know what I mean? And he's saved it a thousand times, but he never got to sit in the chair really until that one that we talked about a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, Arsenal Freedom, and uh, it was a really good episode. But um, I don't know. That's just weird. I would think when there's a cast of so many characters, you just gotta gotta wait for your moment. And if you're if you're one of those people where you're only in a few scenes, but if you fucking crush it, then people are going to want you more. But what do I know? Yeah, Maybe it's an ego thing. <laughs> yeah, so you're looking looking more into like the Playboy rumor. Uh, so it's it's not true. Uh, the 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 timing is suspicious just because the the issue came out in like March of '88, and this episode aired in April of '88. Uh, but the uh, the pictorial that that was inside that March of 1988 issue, it's actually a May of 88 issue that came out in March, um, was a reprint of a pictorial she did in March of 1979. So it's oh, wow. that she took 10 years earlier that they just reprinted because of her, you know, newfound you know fame. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can finally put that rumor to bed, and, and yeah. that's great, because to be honest, I mean, I always believe some part of that to be true ever since I heard it in my childhood as a childhood rumor. Right. It's like the rigid gear gerbil thing. Right. Well, until, you read, until you read that it's not true on the internet, you're going to believe it. <laughs> until Richard Look Gere. at us believing what we read on the internet. <laughs> so Richard Gere hooks himself. That was pre-internet. That was just yeah. like... I don't even know how rumors like that got started. I know. That's word of mouth. That means somebody had to whisper it into somebody else's ear, and then they had to whisper it into somebody else's, and eventually it ended up on the playground. That's that's fucking crazy. (laughs) Well, you know what else? Okay, do you remember the New Kids on the Block rumor that was very similar in nature to the gerbil rumor? Yeah. Like, one of them had their stomach pumped and found, like, 10 gallons of semen. Yeah, I remember that. Or, or something stupid. That was a New Kid? Yeah, it was an inhuman amount of, like, of, of, of... baby batter pulled out of one of their stomachs yeah and he claimed it was gum 
That was the rumor. Whoa. <laughs> so that was I something. I, I, yeah, I, I was in seventh. Well, the, that was the rumor. He, I don't think he ever actually came out and said it was no, good. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, that is mixed up on the keyboard there. Yeah, I, the G I is kind of close to the C. High. So, like seventh, eighth grade, that would have been like 90, 91. That's crazy. Yeah. All that stuff's weird. Urban legends in general, just like this, the Coke and Pop Rocks type thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like you make your head explode. <laughs> it's like uh, I remember stomach. I heard stomach would explode. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's probably it. That's <laughs> Unless you're snorting your pop rocks. Don't give anybody any ideas now. Yeah, Denise Crosby was married to Blake Edwards' son. Who's Blake? Edwards? Holy hell! The, the, the director. You know, he did like Ten and Skin Deep and uh, Pink Panther and stuff. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. 10, like as in like a Bo Derek. Correct. 10. <laughs> Got it. You sent us a naughty picture. And and, and uh, Denise Crosby was actually in the movie 10. Oh, shit. She played party guest. Oh, man. She's naughty. Anyway. So, um, I mean, just to kind of flesh out the actual discussion about the episode itself. <laughs> this, this black puddle um was marooned abandoned on this planet the puddle has a name randy it's armas his name's anakin he's a person um yes on the planet by a, a race of titans who basically uh purified all the evil out of their own body and it became some sort of like sludgy oily second skin a skin of evil if you will um on their own body they sloughed it off and it kind of formed together to uh to become armus and uh they abandoned it there on the planet uh for everyone else to find later on and then they went on these titans this race of titans went on about their way um having <laughs> purged all the evil from them and now all that's left is this lonely sad uh just wanting to kill for fun entity and then when he realizes that he kills and he doesn't even get any fun out of it that's what kind of opens the door to allow Troy to get into his head and uh, Captain Picard ultimately to get into his head um, to let his guard down enough to, to get everybody off the planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what pretty much what we're looking at here. Sure. Um, and then Deanna is just kind of sitting there yeah, <laughs> in their little, like, not even moving. <laughs> yeah. Like she got a little scrape on her forehead and she's like, woe is me. Yeah. But you know, to be honest, uh, it, it, she could sense when when Yar died out there when she was killed, uh, so she probably wasn't even to try to get out of the crashed shuttle. How lucky for her! We only got to see it; she got to feel it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I did think it was weird how. I mean, what injuries did she have to where she couldn't reposition herself to check on the injured guy in the shuttle? Yeah, honestly, I thought he was dead. He was just slumped over that console, not even <laughs> And she's just laying there. Yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> guy, is a Wilton. I'm just gonna She's not a doctor, guys. I guess, but I mean maybe she was injured to the point where she couldn't move. Because I just feel like if if you could, you would be trying to find a way out. But then I I feel like they didn't articulate that well enough to where she if her, was if her Yanni Bobby Bubby. Riker was there, she would have moved. J Dog, right? J Dog, I couldn't remember yet. If J Dog were there, she would have moved. <laughs> when so now you talked about how him, your memory 
uh, you misremembering and that it was Riker that was pulled in uh, to the tar pit. That was really cool when you saw his face and the tar kind of going oh into his God, mouth yeah. and everything. Yeah, I really dug that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrifying, though. That's, that's yeah. scary it's stuff gross. for network TV, Star Trek. That's like that's some really scary, spooky, shit. scary shit. It really yeah. is. That was my favorite part of the whole episode was um, seeing him like that. I don't, I don't, not because I'm like a masochist or anything, but that just thought that part looked cool for for television. Oh, definitely. So, okay, I, my my curiosity got the better of me, and I went to Google and I looked it up. Um, Imzadi is the name, the pet name, and this is literally what I typed into Google to to figure it out. Troy pet name Riker, <laughs> and it comes up with very first thing. Imzadi. It's not J Dog. Are you sure it's not J Dog? It's definitely it's definitely not J Dog, but I, I think I kind of prefer J Dog now. <laughs> This Troy's history with Riker has been introduced to the pilot episode of Star Trek The Next Generation Encounter at Farpoint. Shit, so it was the first episode, I guess. I didn't remember it was that far back. Uh, it's included the word Imzadi, a Betazoid term for of endearment, translated as beloved. Oh. So, yes. Interesting. They have, they have an beloved. open relationship, though. I mean, yeah, they're they're cool like that. They're a swinging couple. They're a, they're a modern couple. They got... They're polyamorous. Yeah. <laughs> Might be the word. <laughs> polyamorous sure. I mean, that, that they, is a word outside their cabin doors they have a little picture of a pineapple turned upside down but it's a down yeah yeah you know what that means yep you know what that thing. means no i do it means uh, occupado it means they're they're in a party <laughs> oh, yeah sure. that, that means all holes are up for grabs as soon as you walk in yikes yours mine ours everybody's my goodness yes it's a swinging good time i believe it do they so, invite Armus to the party? <laughs> I don't even know if he's got hole. He is a hole. <laughs> he is the brute squad. Yeah. So, uh, you guys feel ready to to render a verdict on this episode? Almost. We didn't talk about All the right. funeral. Oh, we didn't. Holy shit! Yeah. Okay. Yes. The holodeck funeral and and the logistics that go into that. We were talking about that prior to the show, and we were under the assumption, like uh, to to make believe here, that. Uh, just like how we update our last will and testament, if we're assuming we're responsible adults and we have things to leave to other people or whatever, um, perhaps you go into one of those rooms and record, you know, what you want to say to to your peers and family and and loved ones, like the real world. Yeah, you go into the room and you just start talking. I remember there was an episode of Hell's Kitchen where there was this girl that would scream at the, the thing. And I'm like, is she just hard of hearing or something? Why does she yell? <laughs> Why does she talk so loud when she's in this room? And it always freaked me out. She didn't do that when she was in the kitchen cooking, only when she was in the little uh, talking headroom. Drove me crazy. Yeah, the confessionals. Yeah, yeah, I just took it as that, you know, she they had a hologram program of her. Like, I didn't feel that, that those were messages that, like, that she had prepared. I just felt like that they had a, facsimil- a facsimile of her uh, that had, you know, a basic you know, understanding of her relationships with them. And it was all an AI thing. Got it. I, I feel like it was something that she pre-recorded, and that the one that we saw for the crew uh, wasn't the only one. Like if she had any kind of loved ones back in the planet she came from or family members somewhere scattered, I know she had a really troubled past, that kind of thing. But if there, if she had any kind of loved ones elsewhere, that another message like that would have been sent um, for them as well. You know, and that would have been facilitated through Starfleet, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But it was weirdly particular that every single person in the room had a personalized message just for them. 
Would it have been funny if she was talking about somebody that wasn't there and they just kind of eye rolled? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck? <laughs> who? <laughs> and like to Nemo, would... I'll never forget our night together. <laughs> yeah, and then they look at each... explore things about myself. They look at each other like, who's that? Oh, he died like six months ago. <laughs> she right, right. This. That would have been funny. Oh yeah. well, I think you know it's because I was I was I was racking my brain trying to figure out why I was thinking like these morbid thoughts, and then I was like, oh yeah, it was Star Trek. But as I was watching that, I I started thinking about like what are people going to say at my funeral? Um, you know, uh, I think that's kind of weird. I know that when I went to my uncle's funeral and his sons were talking about their their father, I started thinking, you know, what would I say at my dad's funeral? Which is kind of weird because I I almost blacked you know, like blanked out on what it was that they were saying because I was preoccupied with kind of just dealing with my own grief and, you know, I'm going to have this conversation one day and it was really tricky. And, uh, I don't remember a thing that Tasha, same thing. I don't remember a fucking thing that Tasha Yara started talking about because I literally started thinking about my own mortality and I didn't want to rewatch it, the episode or that scene. And that's what data says. Yeah. At the end, he's like, did I miss the point of this? I, I wasn't thinking about her. I was, I was thinking about myself and, you know, how much I'm going to be affected by her loss, you know. He's like, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's an actual miracle. I, can't, I physically can't sleep, yet I nodded off during it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird, though. It's interesting how we find a way to turn something about us. You know, it hasn't. this is a day that, that has nothing to do with us. It's remembering this person. But we still find a way to make it about us. Well, that's the reason why we cry. We're not necessarily crying for that person. We're crying because of our own sense of loss. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the living, Justin. You know, and and it's interesting because her her holographic speech to Data saying, you know, like you see everything through the eyes of a child and that makes you more human than any any of the rest of us kind of thing. she Which called him Simple all... Jack, is what she did. <laughs> that's at the not same right. time, at the same time, she's calling him childlike, and she fucked him. You know, it's like, and and this is the only human that that Data has ever really had that kind of physical relationship with, as far as we know. And yeah, it's just um, from a rape planet, though. I know, I know, rape squads. Oh God, that's an interesting movie for an idea for a really bad B movie. You uh, don't say that, but no, 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 like a like a. Oh, I was going to say slaughterhouse, oh, like a um. Grindhouse kind of movie. Anyway, um, I digress. That would have been like total 70s drive-in. And then never mind. As awesome as that movie title is, we're never going to use it. Um, <laughs> Smart band. Probably, probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but, but but what it comes down to is, is Data has never had a relationship like that with anybody else. So um, for him to be really becoming introspective about it i think is saying a lot about his own development and making and and that that right there i think makes him more human than even what she said about him but just the fact that that he reacted the way that he did at a funeral uh, makes him incredibly human it's like a william shatner thing thought of us he was the most human Oh, the the voice breaking right there. Just <laughs> God, that's gut wrenching. Silly, but gut wrenching. Yeah. Star Trek. <sighs> well, I think All we right, have an episode in episode in season two where he yeah, they have to debate on whether you know data is more than just an android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Yeah, yeah we're gonna like, get they to want to like dismantle him or something like that. Yeah, like he's property of the Federation kind of thing, and they got to argue that he's his own more. being. We're gonna explore a lot more about that in uh, the future of this series, and I suspect in upcoming seasons of Picard as well. Um, oh yeah, that's getting another season, right? It's getting oh, another. Crazy. I think it was it was uh, approved for another two seasons. I think. Oh my god! So yeah, they're they're swinging for the fences with that one. Um, but anyway, yeah. Do you guys want to? You guys want to vote? Do this little yeah. vote thing. All right. Uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to to? I'll, I'll go first if All I can. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like the episode. I think it sucks. <laughs> so I'm a nay. Really? <laughs> I know Natasha Yard dies, but the episode itself is terrible. I don't like it. All right, um, David. Do you want to go? Um, yeah. I mean, there was a. You know, we've been we've been talking about like uh, the implications of stuff in Star Trek, and you know how they always kind of like try to fix things. And, you know, I liked that they didn't try to, like, redeem the Black Monster. Um, you know, there was a lot of good moments in it, like, you know, Tasha dying. Um, but, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot of more to the episode. <laughs> um, so while, you know, I'm having fun and laughing and goofing that, like, you know, uh, that good on good on them for killing Tasha Yar, uh, you know, I'm kind of with Justin that it was it was kind of kind of blah, you know, outside of, you know, the couple instances that we talked about. So. Uh, so yeah, I'm also an A. Yeah, it almost feels sacrilegious to say it because we have been looking forward to this episode for so long. Um, but it's unanimous. It's a it's a nay unanimous uh, <laughs> coming from me from all three of us. Uh, the the merit of killing off a, a character that we've kind of been mildly annoyed with uh, did not make it a good episode. In fact, um, that combined with um, some awkward writing, some like weirdly chosen music. Uh, just there's a lot of things that just felt really off and uh, uncharacteristic about this episode. Uh, uncharacteristic of Star Trek, I guess I should clarify. But um, yeah, it just it just wasn't one of the better ones from this season. So um, I guess that's going to make it ten nays to twelve yays so far. So the yays are still in uh, in the lead after 22 episodes. And is but it, the nays are, are closing determined- the gap. Is it a 24 episode season or is it a 23 episode season? I forget. So we we have three more episodes left, so it's a 25 episode oh, season. Oh, so the nays could still overtake the A's. Yeah, if the next three are nays, then then the nays are going to win. Oh, so sure. the next episode is called "We'll Always Have Paris." Uh, oh. It's rated 6.6 stars, so a little bit less than "Skin of Evil." Um, and the blurb for that one is a scientist's experiment in time goes awry, reuniting Picard with an old flame now married to the scientist. Sounds so, like a name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's like, oh man, we got another fucking like weird three-way romance thing going on. Yeah. I, was I remember. I remember I oh, you do remember it? Oh, okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it. The next two, the two after that, though, are, are pretty good. So um, the one of the writers for that next one will always have Paris is uh, H- Hannah Louise Shearer, who wrote this week's episode, ah. um, Skin of Evil. And uh, it's going to be directed by Robert Becker, who, as I scan down the list, uh, I don't remember that not, yeah, it does dancing. not look like it's going to be a, a virgin director to this series. Becker um, co-starred uh, the original. Uh, what's her name? The Dax or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dax. 
she left Star Trek to go to Becker. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Terry Farrell. Yeah, because she's like, eh, I don't want to keep playing this character. And then they're like, oh, next season's our last season. And he's like, fuck. Yeah. yeah, then they brought in like like her symbiote went to another body and then they brought in some other actor, I think. If, that, mm-hmm. if yeah. I haven't made it there yet in my rewatch of uh of DS9. I'm getting there though. I mean, like, so anyway, best to get someone who looks exactly like her. Yeah. And use the same name. Well, I'm glad we agreed on this episode and uh I know this again, this is something that we've been looking forward to for all these weeks. Um and we made it and now we need to have another thing, another goal to look forward to. And right now that's going to be 3 episodes away when we finish the first season and we'll do like a first season kind of wrap up. It may not be a whole episode dedicated just to that. We can do that after we discuss the final episode of the series of the season and talk about kind of our overall reactions. But um, yeah, we'll go from there, uh, Mr. Cavender. Looks like your your hands uh, up. <laughs> your your comm badge is beeping. Yeah, I just have a question. So Tasha Yar left the show because, or Denise Crosby rather, left the show because she didn't like her character and what we were they were doing with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's no coincidence that we also don't like her character. Is it is it because of what they're doing with it, or do we not? Or even it's the episodes self- that she's in that that. And she does have something. Are we still not impressed? Like, uh, I guess my question is, is, is Denise Crosby right in why she left? Is because she have, if, do you think if we got more Tasha and she done other things, would we be sad about her leaving? And maybe she wouldn't have even left to begin with. I think she created a self-fulfilling prophecy by being uninterested in her character. Um, you know, she's the head of security. You know, she was basically on like every away mission. Mm-hmm. So was Riker and we love Riker, you know, you know, maybe there's more she could have done. Maybe, yeah, maybe she could have got more screen time, you know, but that's, that's the job, you know, the original, you know, Star Trek's really about, you know, like usually there's like three main leads and then everyone else is kind of support and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that her uninterest led to things like that clip you showed where she's like waving to people in the background and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it in, right. That's just yeah. crazy. Whereas yeah. if, if she would have just, you know, if she's only in a, if she's in three scenes in the episode, wouldn't you want to just crush those three scenes so everyone remembered you for being badass? Yeah, like oh fuck I mean, yeah, Tasha Yar's on the screen. I'm a, I'm, I'm excited now. You know that happens with TV shows, right? Every time fucking Al Bundy walks to the door, the crowd cheers for like thirty seconds before he can say his first line. <laughs> and he's a well, loser, right? <laughs> look at it this way. Look at the first few episodes. We had the potential to have some really cool badass stuff with her. Remember the the gladiator fight where oh, she has God, the catcher's mitt the with the nails in it or whatever. Yeah, you know. Um, on paper, I bet that sounded really cool. And I bet that sounded like, wow, I'm going to have this epic fight scene. It's going to be like a gladiator duel to the death and mm-hmm. people are dying. Um, and then she gets there and it's like, it looks like it's taking place in somebody's living room. It's all small and sad. And and they got these like duct tape props and shit like that. It's like, I don't know about all that. You know, it's like, where did the budget go? This is not the same as what I read in the script. So it maybe had she been given... Maybe not she. Maybe had the show been given a little bit more budget to to go out and achieve the things that were written for her and her character, um, and if it was done in a way that was more satisfactory to her, she would have felt that the character was getting more respect. Would have been given, you know, the uh, the due that she deserved, and then she would have been into it more. Maybe would have felt it more. Uh, we would have got a better performance out of her. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just a wrong character for her to play. Maybe she needs to be, instead of a, a tough um, badass, maybe she needs to be somebody that's like Counselor Troy, just empathetic and, and uh, just a, 
uh, a, a gentle, sensitive character. Um, maybe she was just miscast. I don't know. Uh, I think she has the capacity to be good. I remember in her later uh, appearances, she was a lot better. I can't recall seeing her in anything else to know for sure that outside of Star Trek, if she was in any any good in particular. But um, I mean, there's and, a lot. I wonder of how she approached it too. Like, did she just walk up to him and say, like, "This is crap. You guys suck. Uh, I don't want to be here yeah. anymore." Or did yeah. she try to, you know, speak to them and like befriend the writers? You know, we hear all the time in like TV shows where people like, you know, befriend the writers and like, you know get to know what they're looking for and, you know, give them what they want and stuff like that. Cause at the end of the day, the writers just want to make the best show possible to where she's, you know, maybe she's going to the writers and being like, you guys suck. Everything you write sucks. So like, they're like, well, I'm never going to write for her again. <laughs> you know, it'd be great. If she got hit by a dumb tar monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I mean, you hear yeah. that like in soap operas, right? Like they, someone gets written off the show, they go down the elevator shaft or someone, they get murdered. They're just gone. Soap operas notoriously kill people. Yeah, and the more you anger the writers, they'll kill you off screen. So you don't even get to—you <laughs> yeah. don't even get to die in person. You know? Right. That's it's like, bad. oh, where's Joe? Oh, he fell down an elevator shaft. Don't worry about him. I'm his twin brother, Bobby. You know. Right. So remember in that episode of Mash where the the plane went down and yeah. and they got the the telegram. That's yeah, that that's so that was so sad. Holy that such shit! Such a great thing. Like he's leaving, he's going home. Home. Yeah. Exactly. And oh. then he fucking dies. God, those guys, those crazy. those writers are are some talented folk, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's such a good shit. series. But anyway, um, I want to take a moment to thank everybody for listening, and we had a hell of a lot of fun bringing this to you. And we've only got three more episodes, and we get to move on to season two. And uh, <laughs> almost <I know>. done, <laughs> almost done, and then we'll be one seventh of the way through this series. <laughs> And are we going to do DS9 yet? next? Hell yeah. We, we kind of have to. At least we have to finish this first season. That, that is the benchmark we have set for ourselves. And damn it, we're going to complete it. All right. Uh, on that note, um, I'm going to pilot this little escape pod under home and uh, bid you all adieu and uh, invite you to join us next week as we only have three episodes to go. 